This episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked on Rooms. Spotify Green Room, it's changing the way we talk sports. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson, coming to you after yet another Phillies loss. The Philadelphia Phillies have a way of... Ever since that eight-game winning streak, it has been nothing but struggles. They have a way of just kind of resorting back to 500. If you're someone who, you know, checks in and out on this team, was hesitant to buy in, and then you bought in during the eight-game winning streak, well, I got news for you. Ever since, they have gone right back to 500, even Steven, as I have many times tweeted out this year uh, during the year when they get back to 500. They are now just a game above 500, and a loss in tonight's game against the Tampa Bay Rays would bring them to 500 for the 24th time this season. Think about that. 24 times. The ultimate like average mediocrity that this team continues to display day in and day out. They're overpriced. Their big bats have not been coming through. The offense has been struggling as of late. I'll get to that in a minute. But this is a team that, and I've talked about this before, was built around offense. This lineup, this, this roster as it was constructed, was built around offense. And this pitching staff that I've had many question marks about throughout the season, saying, well, the pitching staff's not deep enough. Not me, just everyone. The pitching staff has not been deep enough for the majority of the season. They've actually been pleasantly surprising here in the month of August. You think about where this rotation stood just a month ago, where it was Zach Wheeler, who, again, in the Cy Young candidacy in the Cy Young conversation for most of the year. Part of that because just about all of it, given that he has been in the odds-on favorite lead for about a month now, or spent that that amount of time in the lead, I should say, was because Jacob DeGrom went out. You had Aaron Nola, who has been inconsistent all year long, and I thought it was a bad move on the part of Joe Girardi leaving him in too long in that game in San Diego over the weekend. You heard me say that when I crossed over with Javier Reyes from Locked on Padres. And this team just did not have anyone at the back end of this rotation, whether it was Matt Moore, Chase Anderson, Vince Velasquez, whatever the case might be. Zach Eflin goes to the injured list. But you know what they did at the deadline? They went out and got Kyle Gibbs, and I wanted them to get another starter. But it turns out they had plans of Ranger Suarez becoming a starter. He goes 99 pitches last night, takes this game into the seventh inning, six and two-thirds, allows just one run, Seven strikeouts. His ERA, 146 on the season. His whip, 1.02. Ranger Suarez has been phenomenal. He's been the ba- one of my favorite baseball cliches. He's a gamer in every sense of the word. No matter what they've needed him to do. He's gone from being the closer to being a multiple innings reliever to now being a starter who has sh- successfully stretched himself out to 99 pitches. And man, what a contrast that is from what we've seen basically out of Spencer Howard were other pitchers who have, t- have attempted to be stretched out in a similar type of way. They started him on a 60-pitch pitch count. Then it went to 75, then the 90. Now he's pitching close to 100 pitches, and he's been really, really good at the back end of his rotation. The pitching has actually been good enough. They allowed three runs to the Tampa Bay Rays, the best team in the American League last night. On Sunday, they allowed four runs. The offense actually put up seven. They won the game. On Saturday, they allowed four runs, but they t- took a one-run pitching performance into the ninth inning, and Aaron Nola should have never been left out there. They should have won that game 3-1. to one. On Friday, 
they allowed three runs, won the game. But you go back to that series in Arizona where the Diamondbacks piled on late, but they had a two-run lead. It felt like it was insurmountable. Phillies lost the last game of that 6-2. to two. They lost a game 4-2, and they lost a game by a score of 3-2. to two. A team surrounding around offense. The fact that their offense has been so mediocre all year, ranked 16th in baseball in runs scored, and how lackluster they have been in the last two to three weeks, I'll say, ever since the winning streak ended. In the last 15 days, there is one guy on this Phillies team with an OPS over 800. That guy is Bryce Harper, 892. And even him, even him who has hit some home runs when he gets hits, his batting average in the last 15 days is 211. Now, that OPS is so drastic because he hasn't had a ton of hits, and three of those hits have been home runs, and he walked 12 times. And part of that was missing Reese Hoskins and having D.D. Gregorius hit behind him. And there's really no, there's no safety net behind Bryce Harper. There's absolutely no reason for any other team to give him anything good to hit. And you're about to hear why. Last 15 days, other OPSs on the team. J.T. Romuto, 740. He is having a very disappointing offensive season by his own standard. In the first year of a five-year contract, having a down year offensively, having a down year defensively. Got news for you. Typically, catchers don't get better in the later years of their career. I know we're seeing the contrary with Buster Posey out there in San Francisco this year, but the majority of catchers get worse as they get older and they get on the wrong side of 30. So JT Romuto, a disappointing year for what you'd usually expect out of him and disappointing as of late. Didi Gregorius has the third highest OPS among qualified hitters on the team in the last 15 days. It goes below 600, 591. Ronald Torres, who's been good for much of this year and certainly been a bright spot defensively for this team, 576. Gene Segura has totally gone by the wayside. A guy who has been one of the most consistent hitters on this team all season long, hitting 130, just a buck 30 in the last 15 days, 231 on base. 405 OPS in the last 15 days. And Andrew McCutcheon, who I apologized for numerous times for being wrong about him, for being wrong, calling him washed way too early in the season. Andrew McCutcheon has a 343 OPS in the last 15 days. He had a dreadful April, had a really solid two to three months there, and now has entirely become an afterthought in this Phillies lineup. We've also seen Alec Bohm get sent down to the minor leagues because of lack of consistency, lack of maybe just consistently poor, lack of ability to hit, lack of ability to hit fastballs. They're trying to get him everyday reps down at Lehigh Valley. But it's unbelievable that a guy who a year ago was mining a number of other people's favorite players to watch on this team has now gotten to the point where he's playing in the minor leagues, because literally you can't justify getting him in the lineup. We know how dreadful he is defensively, but offensively, he just has not been good enough. So now you're looking at a lineup, what they have going tonight against the Tampa Bay Rays, making his return to Phillies debut, I'll call it. You have Freddie Galvis at shortstop, Ronald Torres at third base. I think you, we could see this a number of times between now and the end of the season, because of how bad Didi Gregorius has been, how bad Alec Bohm has been, not even on the roster as of right now. When rosters expand to 28 in September, he might find his way back and the minor league season wraps up. But we're at a point with the Phillies where the offense 
for a team that surrounds itself on offense. It's just further proof that this team will go through blips. This team will go through stretches like the eight-game winning streak, and certainly that was their best streak or best thing to hang your hat on in terms of what has gone on this season. They hadn't had a winning streak or a losing streak greater than five games up to that point. But in that game, eight-game winning streak, it showed us, it teased us all. It made us think that this team had really turned the corner in a way that it hadn't all season. And frankly, I stand by the take that it had. But what it really shows us is that over the course of 162 games, the great sample size that baseball is, you can't fake anything in a season that goes on for that long. This team is exactly who we thought they were, a 500 baseball team that is expensively mediocre and will not be playing in the postseason this October. That's what I've gathered from the past few weeks. That's what I've gathered from this offense that has disappointed time and time again, not just in the past 15 days, but in the past four and a half months, I'll say, four and three quarters months, I guess it really is. That despite they go through winning streaks, despite them figuring out the pitching staff, at least for now, to a large extent, having a better rotation, I believe, than they did a month ago, having a better bullpen, and figuring out the bullpen rolls a little bit better, or a little bit better, I should say, than they have a month ago. And yet still, they're sitting in a position where they're just a game above 500, another game tonight against the best team in the American League, and the Phillies are in prime position to finish 500 at the end of the season, just like many of us always thought they would. And it's really, really frustrating when you think about This is the best opportunity, and I've said this a number of times, this is the best opportunity they're going to have to win the National League East. Maybe during this entire run, we know they took shortcuts in trying to rebuild this team, trying to buy talent, acquire talent, and fast-forward the timeline of this team. But on a day where the Phillies have massive shakeups within the organization and you know, no one really got fired. It just seems like you get demoted to other jobs within the Phillies organization. And they're firing and moving around things in terms of player development and firing their director of, well, not firing, but looking for a new director of player development, I should say. Dave Dombrowski announced that on Tuesday. It kind of just speaks to this season, the stretch and what we've seen from Phillies baseball in the last four to five years, but even really since Bryce Harper signed here, is that they tried to take shortcuts to make up for their own deficiencies in developing talent and having their own homegrown talent and having a sustainable winner and building a really solid team. And what they're left with is one of the highest payrolls in baseball, an unwillingness to go over the luxury tax to even go further into the pool in trying to buy more talent to get this team over 500. And for a franchise that has not had a record greater than 500. Just think about how to say that. They've had a few 500 seasons, but they haven't had a winning record in 10 years since the year 2011. We're now in the year 2021. They haven't had a winning record since they had the best record in baseball in 2011 with tons of homegrown talent and one of the best stretches in franchise history. It's almost poetic that this stretch right now results in change up within changes within the organization, changes within player development. And certainly that will be something to monitor, not just for the remainder of this season, but heading into next offseason, when the Phillies will likely be trying to solve the puzzle of why they still have the longest playoff drought in the National League. More of the longest, <laughs> more of the longest playoff drought, more of the Locked on Phillies podcast coming right up. 
But first, I have to tell you about Molecule share a, Molecule Mattress, I should say. I share a bed with a Pro Bowl quarterback, an Olympic swimmer, and a national women's soccer star. I should explain. When I heard how many elite athletes sleep on Molecule Mattress and call it their best sleep ever, I ordered one for myself, and they are spot on. I'm no elite athlete. You know, I played some recreational co-ed softball this past summer. I still dabble and will have a catch and play baseball and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm certainly, no one has ever mistaken me for an elite athlete. But you know what? I, I Sleep issues like hot night sweats, wake up with a sore, stiff back neck, as in, you know, I'm, I'm at the old age of uh, 23. You want to have the most comfort possible when you're sleeping. And Molecule Sleep Scientists literally created the world's most perfect mattress. It's unlike any other mattress in a box. It's cool to the touch. It's not like other foam mattresses. It's six times the airflow of my old mattress, so it keeps me cool at night. It has zone reflex layers that adjust with me in all of my weird sleep positions, so I'm never awoken with a stiff neck or a sore back, and it's antimicrobial. Molecule Mattress is how elite athletes and, you know, myself, Dan Wilson, get the best sleep ever. Sleep on your Molecule Mattress risk-free for 100 nights. If you don't have your deepest, most restorative sleep ever, just return it. Visit OnMolecule.com and save 20% with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's OnMolecule.com and save 20% with the promo code LOCKEDON. One last time, let's save 20% with the promo code LOCKEDON at OnMolecule.com. Also have to tell you guys about Spotify Greenroom. This episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. It's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Phillies once a week. Yes, you can finally join in the conversation you listen to here every single day. Go download the Green Room app today. It's currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whatever group you want. NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, all of the Locked On hosts and other experts from those respective leagues, they're all there. Follow me at Dan underscore Wilson 4. You can be notified when my room goes live. And for all the Locked On Phillies content you can take. See you there. It's Green Room. It's changing the way we talk sports. So the Phillies are in a position tonight trying to salvage a series with the Tampa Bay Rays after they lose 3-1 last night. Again, a great pitching performance by Ranger Suarez, goes six and two-thirds, allows just one run, seven strikeouts, 99 pitches. Interesting decision. So Hector Neris comes in to finish out the seventh inning. He only goes eight pitches, and I've been a huge fan of, or a huge defender, I should say, of Hector Neris for much of the season. He certainly cannot pitch in the closers role, his ERA over five. But shout out to David Esser, who has been on the podcast before, who has really highlighted this even better than I have, in my opinion, of just the ERA splits since he has been basically moved out of the closers role. ERA over five, but a sub three ERA when he pitches before the ninth inning. So again, ERA over five in the ninth, below three when he's a middle relief option. So he's been really, really strong. So Joe Girardi goes to Archie Bradley, who's been one of his most reliable relievers as well lately for the eighth inning. He does not pitch well. He allows two runs on what was scored a single, no, it was actually scored a double. It was initially, I believe, scored a double by, or initially scored a single and an error by Nelson Cruz. Got changed to a double later. Brett Phillips and Randy Arena scored. It was a ball that Odubel Herrera probably should have, not probably, definitely should have cut off in left field. It was really disappointing to see. Kind of not the greatest route. And 
you know, Odubel Herrera doesn't exactly have a, the reputation for the most heads-up player on the team. So that was disappointing, but that's not why the Phillies lost this game. Again, it was the lack of offense. Phillies muster up a grand total of six hits in this game. And one of the most disappointing things that we kind of saw in this entire game was in the bottom of the eighth inning. So in the top of the eighth, the, the Rays take a 3-1 lead. And Andrew Kittredge, who comes in, middle reliever for the Rays, comes in to face the top of the Phillies order. In the case of last night, Odubel Herrera, Gene Segura, Bryce Harper. And they go down in a grand total of 10 pitches. Fastball slider, fastball, swinging strike, taking strike, taking strike for Odubel Herrera. One down. Gene Segura swung at three straight fastballs. Two down. Bryce Harper comes out, fouls off a fastball, swings and misses at a fastball, fouls off a slider, once again swings at a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. That was the entire bottom of the eighth inning, and pretty much your ballgame. Right, in the bottom of the ninth, you're still down to Real Muto, Didi, Brad Miller, Hoskins, all came up, and I'll get to Reese Hoskins in a second here. But this was a case where the top of your order is trying to respond to allowing a couple of runs in the top of the eighth inning. And what really has bugged me about the last couple of weeks and really much of the season, but I think the last few weeks and last night's eighth inning encapsulates it so perfectly is that many of these at-bats just look totally non-competitive, totally non-competitive at-bats from the top of your order. It feels like a two-run deficit to, granted, a good team in the Tampa Bay Rays, but even last week when they're playing in Arizona, it just feels totally insurmountable. And I hate to overuse the cliche of momentum and how games swing and things like that. But you can literally feel, in my opinion, for someone who's been watching this team day in and day out throughout the course of the season, like I have, I can oftentimes feel when a game is, when the Phillies are just out of it. It seems, I don't know if it's a lack of spark. They certainly lack a spark in dead atmospheres like Arizona, like Miami. We just saw them struggle in Arizona. They've been struggling in Miami for years. But this team, excuse me, this team just goes entirely quiet, entirely falling asleep at times where they simply cannot afford to. And I don't even know what you attribute that to other than when things are going bad, it just goes really bad. When it rains, it pours. And this offense, to come up so small consistently like they have after the team is built around offense, you shouldn't see this much of an effect by a guy like Reese Hoskins going on the injured list and then coming back only in a pinch-hit capacity as you are basically in the last couple of weeks. I gave you how many Bryce Harper walked 12 times in the last couple of weeks, and it's why his OPS, because the on-base numbers keep going up, and when he gets hits, he is hitting home runs still, some oftentimes with no one on base. So the power and the slugging numbers are going to continue to go up. But if you factor out those walks, he really is not getting that much to hit because they're throwing all junk up there. And I don't understand what he's trying to do. Sometimes you're up there and he realizes that taking a walk when you're down a bunch of runs and there's no one coming up behind you, you're going to go up there with an aggressive approach. And it's just been really disappointing to see how much Hoskins' absence in the lineup has really affected this team, frankly, because they're not getting offense from most of the spots in the lineup that they've been able to rely on at points this season, but anything but consistently. So one thing I wanted to point out is that 
last night, Reese Hoskins comes in to pinch hit. He gets lifted off the injured list with a groin injury. And Girardi says that, you know, they were saving him. They saved him for the right spot. He came up with a runner on in the ninth inning, chance to tie the game. But that if he had gotten on base, he would not be able to run. So my question is, and this is something to monitor as you're watching tonight's ball game and really throughout the course of his return here in the next couple of days, coming weeks, whatever. Reese Hoskins is starting at first base tonight, batting cleanup, which is big that he's batting behind Bryce Harper, and hopefully Harper will, it's more of a safety net, and Harper will see more pitches to hit, and the ripple effects of that will be good for this Phillies offense. Sure, sure as hell a lot better than having Didi Gregorius bat in that spot. But if, Bright, if Reese Hoskins, excuse me, was unable to run the bases less than 24 hours ago, if Reese Hoskins was not available to start less than 24 hours ago, I'm not fully aware of how he's just ready to go tonight. This is National League Baseball. They're not playing down in Tampa, so he has to play the field at first base. And if he gets on base, he's going to have to run the bases. There was actually a Todd Zalecki story that I thought went under the radar a few weeks ago in which Reese Hoskins basically alluded to the fact that he might get on base and not hustle all the time because he physically cannot run. And what does that say that they need Hoskins back in the lineup so much that they're willing to take a 50, 60% Reese Hoskins? Again, I'm not him. I They've kind of been a little cagey about this, as they usually are with injuries of this sort, and to know exactly what he's feeling and what percentage he is at. But what does it say about the Phillies organization, the state of the Phillies organization, that they'd rather have a guy who can only hit and not run on the roster last night, and that, as of tonight, they're in desperation mode and they're basically starting him? I think it's the correct move. I think this team is running out of time as we sit here 63-62. and 62. That's 125 games into the season. You have about a week left in August and September to go. And as we start play today on Wednesday, August 25th, the Phillies are four and a half games out of the National League East lead. They have no choice but to try and force Reese Hoskins back. But if he hurts himself again and you have to shut him down for the year, I mean, that's just your entire season. We saw what happened when he goes on the injured list. But frankly, they don't have any other choice. So something that the thing I'm definitely watching tonight and really for the rest of the season here is how Reese Hoskins a miracle worker, apparently, within 24 hours, the Phillies medical staff must have some really, really good painkillers that he went from not being able to run the bases on Tuesday to being able to start a major league game at first base and get four or five at-bats on Wednesday. So that's what I'm looking for tonight. Really, really interesting. Certainly, you can see the ripple effects of him not being in the lineup and what happens. This offense needs to create a spark, and it needs to create it fast because the Braves are extremely hot. They finally, finally had their winning streak come to an end against the Yankees, who are also red hot. But nevertheless, the Phillies are just running out of time, frankly. They lost two games to the Yankees, by the way, the Braves did. They lost the first two games of that series. But the Phillies are, frankly, just running out of time and opportunity to try and catch these Atlanta Braves. And they only have three games left with them in Atlanta, the final week of the season place that they don't traditionally play very well in. And at the very least, they need to make sure that those games count and that they don't fall too far behind, further behind in this National League East.
The final segment of today's Locked on Phillies is coming right up. But first, I have to tell you about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're certainly missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salt, caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My personal favorite, definitely the cookies and cream. But if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get that mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Built Bar is the official protein bar, or was, I should say, of U.S. track and field. That was very cool that they got to sponsor them at the Olympics and, you know, on their glory to gold out there in Tokyo. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you get 15% off your first order. Again, go to Built.com, use that promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. One last time, that promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And lastly, I have to tell you about BetOnline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now only at betonline.ag. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, receive your 100% welcome bonus when you use that promo code LOCKED ON. That's L O C K E D O N for a 100% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Really quick final segment here on Locked on Phillies. I'll give you the lineup for tonight, leading off and playing second base Gene Segura. Phillies desperately need to get him going. I gave you the stats of how poor he's been for this Phillies team. And frankly, the Phillies have been struggling to find who that leadoff guy is for them all season long. For much of the season, he has had the highest on-base percentage on the team. Still does, despite his struggles in the recent weeks here. So they'll be leading off with him. JT Romuto, another guy they need more out of. He's second. He will do the catching, of course. Bryce Harper batting third in right field. Reese Hoskins returning to the starting lineup. Again, keep an eye on him. That groin injury, how does he run the bases? How does he go down the field ground balls? Apparently, he couldn't do it last night. He's in the lineup starting and batting cleanup tonight. Reese Hoskins in left field. Or, not Reese Hoskins. Andrew McCutcheon batting fifth in left field. Uh, he has been really, really bad in OPS uh, below 400, as I mentioned. 343 in the last 15 days. So, need to get him going. And Freddie Galvis. His return to Philadelphia, uh, he'll be batting sixth. Uh, he got activated yesterday. He will be at shortstop. So happy Freddie Galvis, a guy I always enjoyed watching play. So he's batting sixth at shortstop. Ronald Reyes batting seventh at third base. He struggled of late. Luke Williams will be in center field batting eighth. And Zach Wheeler on the mound. Uh, and they need a big start of him, certainly out of him, because of how much the offense has been struggling. So hopefully Zach Wheeler can handle the Rays lineup. That's going to do it. Uh, for today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple and Spotify. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Dan underscore Wilson 4 and the podcast at, L- at, at LO, I should say, 
underscore Phillies. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.